Hey everyone, welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing, in this case, former players. I'm one of your three wonderful co-hosts, Derek Kubitschek, and today we are going to be looking at the pre-merge, nothing post, just the pre-merge of Season 25, Philippines. And I'm joined today by two lovely co-hosts, one in person, one remote, Ryan Stacey and Josh Wessler. How you doing, guys? Hey, this is your resident Survivor Superfan, Ryan Stacey, here to talk about Survivor Philippines, and I'm pretty pumped. I love this season, so I'm in a very good mood today. Hello, and I am Josh Wessler, joining from afar. Uh, and I also liked Philippines. For me personally, I last watched this, uh, I marked down July 2021. So not too long ago, but uh, it'll be interesting to look back uh, from just a couple of years ago on what I remember from it. Yeah, and for those of you out there, because there we, we did bring up a bunch of new listeners in season uh, 43, so these Rewind specials, what we do is we all have a role that we kind of bring to the podcast, so just recapping really quickly, me, Derek, I haven't seen a lot of these old seasons of Survivor, and so my role today is your Virgil. We are walking through it with me for the first time. Uh, once we get into the spoiler section, I will let you know if I think I knew anything beforehand, uh, but the A to B journey, I know nothing about. Ryan, what do you do here? Uh, I've seen this season several times. Uh, I've seen every season several times, except like the, the newest ones. So I'm kind of just your, your hands-on expert, the guy who knows everything about everything Survivor-related. And then Josh, take us home. What are you doing here? Yeah, so uh, I am uh, what these guys like to call the memorability correspondent. So uh, I have seen every single season of Survivor, whoop-de-doo, uh, and I would not like to watch every single episode again. So I am going to be uh, watching the premiere, the merge, and the finale with these guys. And everything in between, going to go completely off of memory. We, we love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, the point of this podcast is we there's so much Survivor. There's we're coming up on season 43 or season 44 now. There's so much Survivor out there. You might not have time to watch it all. Not everything is going to be on Netflix. We rewatch it. You don't have to. We're here to tell you which seasons are must-watch Survivor. You can only pick some. So before we get into any spoilers and just based off the pre-merge of this season, Survivor Philippines is it must-watch Survivor, Derek? You know this one. I almost need to provide a little bit more context because. The Rewind series is clearly in the middle of the Dark Ages, and yeah, I have found a certain level of enjoyment with Nicaragua, but that was like just me because it was a meme. Um, there's a certain appreciation for One World. Redemption Island is a big nothing burger, and South Pacific, I mean... Underrated. Ryan, underrated. Ryan and I love that season. But on an entertainment, from an entertainment standpoint, I absolutely say that this is must-watch Survivor. It's one of my favorite pre-merges all around because of who is showcased mm -hmm. and because of the starting theme. I think it's fun and it's something that's a little different. It's something I'd like to see us do again in some way, shape, or form. If you're talking about stuff that you need to learn, probably not a lot here that you're going to learn. There's a lot of bad gameplay. I disagree with Derek. Okay. Okay. I mean, hey, you know what? You're the super fan here. I didn't necessarily see anything here that I took away that I learned, but that might be because I've seen seasons 27 and onward and then one through now the first half of 25. So from an entertainment perspective, I say yes. From a learning perspective, I say it'd be hard for me to recommend it on that front. All right. So I'll just say this really quick. This is Must Watch Survivor. I'm going to get into why once we get into the spoiler section. So yeah, just this is Must Watch Survivor. Definitely check this one out if you haven't seen it. Josh, what do you think? I'm going to say sure. <laughs> like, I guess it's kind of like what Derek is saying that it's in the middle of this rough patch mm -hmm. of survivor where it's like what a season you know it's 
Um, this, so maybe that changes my opinion a little bit where it's it, it's more the the entertaining side. I kind of know what uh, Ryan is going to go for here with, you know, the, the whole learning side of things. So I, I'm going to say yes. It, you know, if I had to narrow down my list of must watches, well, would this make the cut? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's, it's kind of on the edge there, but I'd say yeah. I'd go ahead and give it a watch. Um, yeah, th- this is in the middle of the dark ages, you know. This is the only one from 21 through 26 that everyone likes. You know, there are seasons that are just like unanimously unanimously popular. In this stretch, Philippines is the only one. Uh, you know, we like South Pacific, Derek like Nicaragua. There are fans of Karamoan out there. Less so One World and Redemption Island. <laughs> Josh likes nothing. Josh likes nothing. <laughs> but yes, Philippines is the one that everyone likes. Uh, so spoiler alert from here on out, if you know, just for the pre-merge, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Here's why Star Philippines is must-watch Survivor. Three, two, one. All right, spoilers. Yep. Just for the pre-merge. Just for the pre-merge. So this is the first time since Survivor All-Stars we're going to get a three-tribe season. And if you go back and listen to our Survivor All-Stars Rewind, I said that is the least relevant season of Survivor because like, nothing in that season is how returning uh, player seasons are played anymore. So All-Stars is the least relevant season of Survivor. So this is our first time where we have a relevant season with three tribes. So that's important from the get-go, especially now in the 41, 42, 43 era where three tribe seasons are kind of the norm. So learning and understanding the dynamics of three tribe seasons are important. In fact, these days I'd probably watch almost every single three tribe season just to really get that down because the dynamics are different. There's nowhere to hide on a tribe of six people. The other aspect is it's a captain season. And what's really fun is just like South Pacific and Guatemala, I would say, is the captains are very flawed once again. In fact, more so than ever, I would say. These are three not great survivor players. Uh, on various levels so that's important to know but i think the most important element is again spoilers we're gonna get the least successful tribe in survivor history this season the matt singh tribe and what we're gonna learn here is how to deal with a tribe that is just so dysfunctional you lose everyone you know they get down to two people which we you know we saw again recently in 41 i think that was a little bit different just a tribe that is an utmost disaster and how do you handle and survive a tribe like that's important to know so i think studying and understanding matt singh and and the possible strategy of doing an intentional matt singh which we will talk about that is important to know. So, you know, this will obviously go in conjunction with the post-merge, but yes, pre-merge, Survivor Philippines is important. There's a lot to learn here. I'm glad that you colored in the context like that. I don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I've seen all of Modern Survivor. A three-tribe season is old hat to me. Yes. That That is almost my normal. It's about 50-50 for me. So... I honestly, I didn't even realize, and you know, why would I have even given that a second thought, yeah. given my given my watch order? So I appreciate the context there. Um, I did think about the the flawed captain season, but I did think that Ozzy and Coach were two very flawed yes. captains, and I think those are two better flawed captains. Yeah, Ozzy and Coach are better players than any <laughs> well, of the three guys on this well, season. And by the way, for anyone out there who wasn't paying attention during any of the promos, but these are all. Th- captains who had been previously yep. medivac we'll get into that and once we get into the cast yeah yeah if i could just chime in real quick i don't think the whole three tribe thing really matters for must watch just because it is the norm now so you have plenty of seasons to choose from so it's like watch this one because of that uh, okay pick, pick any of these and you can learn what to do or what not to do for the whole three tribe dynamic it really is the matzing angle yes um so, so that that's going to be the big talking point. And then we actually just got it in, I don't remember if it was 42 or 43 or whatever it was, 
we got people who talked about Matt singing. Some people, I think, even brought it up to do it on yep. purpose. The intentional uh, Matt so singing, that's a thing. When, when Ryan is talking about it being relevant, especially this one tribe, he, he's, he means it. He's serious. Matt Singh is arguably the most important tribe, especially in modern Survivor, the one to like understand really the most. There's an argument that Matt Singh is the one. So, uh, especially in the three tribe season, that is that is a tribe to study and know really, really well. I'm going to be learning with the listeners today because I wouldn't have made that connection watching 41 or whatever it was so let's jump into this cast we have 18 people three returnees 15 newbies before we do that uh every every season with new players josh and i like to play a little game where we see how many josh can remember and obviously we took the captains off the board so we have the 15 newbies josh got seven right wow yeah it's a it's a minor miracle uh it helps that you watched this like a year and a half ago or whatever two years ago okay yeah 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 a year and a half. Fine. I'm going to have to ask Josh to refrain from using the word minor on us. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll get into that in a, a minute very briefly, and then we won't talk about it again for the rest of the podcast. Ever again. Uh, Survivor <laughs> fans, the hardcore ones know what we're talking about, and we'll make that brief. Let's jump into these three tribes. Let's do so it. So first we have the Kalabaw tribe, which is in red, with our captain, and we'll talk about the captains too. Um, Jonathan Penner is back, returning from Survivor Cook Islands, and his injury where he got medically evacuated in Survivor Micronesia. Each of these three captains was medically evacuated. So Jonathan Penner returns. Are we excited to see Penner back? I mean, my ass. <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, come on. I, I will say, Penner, I do not think is a good Survivor player, but I love Jonathan Penner the person, so, like, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, strategically, I have very low expectations, but I'm excited for him to be here. He, you know, if I rank everybody in terms of the type of confessional they give, like, my favorite confessional is Jonathan Penner might be number one. Oh, he's a great orator. I love Jonathan Penner. Of the three captains, he's my favorite. I'm, I'm most hyped to see him back. It's not close. Yeah, and for the time, I was excited to see these other two. At the time. At the time. At the time. Uh, but Penner is the one I was most excited to see. Also on the Kalabaugh tribe, we have Carter Williams, a track coach from Kansas. We have, and this one's a pretty notable one, Jeff Kent, a retired Major League Baseball player from Austin, Texas. I am not a huge baseball follower, a very, very casual baseball fan. Derek, I know you're less than casual baseball fan, as far as I know. Yeah, don't I don't care. So, Josh, Hello. You're, you're our sports correspondent. <laughs> did, did you know anything about Jeff Kent going into this? Uh, well, when he said his name, I knew who okay. he was, um, if that's what you're asking. The team that I know him from is the Giants. Okay. Just because that's like the beginning of my baseball memory is like the early, early 2000s. And then I'm not I'm not totally sure what other teams he was on. But yeah, he's definitely a notable name. Sure, for sure. He's just not someone you might not. You might know his name, but you might not know his face, I feel like. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's that's uh, that's baseball yeah. players in general. And especially now, baseball's having a really hard time with that uh i mean like if you ask anyone hey name five baseball players good luck well i was gonna name name five name five nfl players and you'd be able to do that (laughs) i I was gonna say uh for those of you out there who are professional athletes who are listening to the podcast it doesn't matter if not very many people know you they will put someone on the season who does they're gonna put one person on who's gonna know you yep and they'll probably be on your tribe probably (laughs) uh we also have dana lambert a cosmetologist from north carolina Sarah Dawson, an insurance saleswoman from Maryland. Goes by Dawson. Yep, she goes by Dawson specifically. And Katie Hansen, former Miss Delaware from Delaware. We have the infamous Matt Singh tribe. We have Captain Russell Swan returning from Survivor Samoa after his 
terrifying collapse in the middle of a challenge. Is his NDE? Uh, Russell Swan is back. Are we excited to see Russell again? I yes, I I am. of Of the people who've been medevaced, I think he's the person who I would want to see back maybe the most. Sure. Based on the reasoning or the cause of him being medevaced, yes. Him as a player, I didn't really care a whole lot about. So sure. His yeah. interesting thing was he got thrust into a leadership position and actually did an okay job with it, given the situation. Yep. And so it was what'll happen if he's not thrust into a leadership position. We have Malcolm Freeberg, a bartender from California. We have Zane Knight, a tire repairman from Virginia. Angie Layton, a model slash student from Utah. Denise Stapley, a sex therapist from Iowa. Just a stone's throw away. Just a stone's throw away. Yeah, by Cedar Rapids specifically. I used to live near there. And Roxy Morris, a seminary student from Brooklyn, New York. And finally, we have the Tandang tribe, which I was thinking about this the other day. I think of all the tribes, save for maybe uh, Shane and Cordy and Aris and Cerise tribe in Panama, this might be the worst tribe to be on in terms of personalities because these people suck. Just team chaos. I don't know that they suck. I just think together they are baking soda and vinegar. They are toxic. They are toxic. Toothpaste and orange juice. They are all the bad combinations. And some of them get positive edits where they shouldn't have. Really? I'm I'm interested to hear about this. I'll I'll, I'll say one specifically when we get to her. I'm guessing I know who. Um, But first off, our captain, Michael Scoopin, returning from the Australian Outback Season 2 after he famously fell into the fire. And, like, burnt the skin off his hands. Burnt the skin off his hands. So, all right. At the time, when this came out, I I was a freshman in college. I had not seen Survivor Australia at the time. Australia and Africa were the two I hadn't seen up to that point. So, I I was familiar with Michael Scoopin. I I knew what happened to him, but I I really didn't know anything about him as a player. So, I, you know, I was like, oh, I was was curious to see him again, but I wouldn't say I was excited just because I wasn't that familiar with him. And by the way, a reminder for the youngins, streaming was barely a thing at that time, and Paramount was a little bit slow on the uptake there. So there was... I mean, I don't even think it was a thing, really. I mean, that would have been 2011. Netflix existed. Yeah, Netflix existed, and like I remember that my freshman year of college, it was the first big year that streaming was a thing, so Ryan is still a super fan, even though it took him into college to seeing all the seasons, it's just he missed those two and there was no way to watch them. I watched the Africa and Australia seasons while Blood versus Water was airing. Yep. Really? I didn't I did not know it was that yep. late. I, I just had no way to watch them. I uh, ended up borrowing the seasons on DVD just rips of them on DVD from a friend of my girlfriend at the time. And she so he let me borrow those and I watched them all in uh, my dorm room in Dahl. There you go. Dahl Hall. So Michael Scoopin's back, big deal at the time because Australia was the most watched in the Survivor. On paper, I'm excited to see this guy come back. At the time, <laughs> everyone heard it. Ryan said it. At the time, whenever the season aired, before we know what we know now, this is cool. Do we want to spend 10 seconds here right now? All right. So Michael Scoopin, we're going to address this once and then we're not going to address it again because I don't want to. He was convicted on child pornography charges a couple years after this. Convicted. So he did. I think he spent a year in prison. So, yeah, Michael Scoopin sucks. I'm glad he fell in the fire, and we don't need to talk about this anymore. Uh, we're just, you know, so elephant addressed. The elephant in the room has been addressed. He's a player on the season. We're going to talk yep. about him as though he is a player, but just we're going to get and this out of the way. jokes are made, now you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep most of the jokes to a minimum. Yes. Because, I mean, I don't know. That's... I don't like joking about kids. Yeah, like they, they are too innocent. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll keep most of the most of the jokes will be minor. Ah, uh, all right. There you go. There's there your we pass. go. 
All right, continuing on with this cast. Next, we have Artist Sylvester, a computer engineer from Louisiana. Pete Yurkowski, an engineering graduate from New Jersey. Abby Maria Gomez, a business student from Los Angeles. Lisa Welchel, another notable one. She's a former TV teen star from Dallas, Texas. She's notably played Blair on Facts of Life, which mm -hmm. I, I'm not as familiar with that show. Well, you're familiar now because they're not going to let you forget it. Yeah, now. that's true. I've never seen the show, though. Have you guys? I have not. And last but not least, we have R.C. St. Amour from New York City. She's an investment banker. She is the one who got a very positive edit. I had a feeling. Abby Maria is going to be the one of their feud who gets the very negative edit, uh, which is totally justified. But they try to portray R.C. as kind of the same normal one. And uh, everyone else is like, no, 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 no. She also is terrible. <laughs> 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 this isn't a one over the other type of situation. It's a no, both, they both situation. They're both insufferable, apparently. Is this something that we'll be able to address as things come up, or is it just in general? Just she's in given general. A, sort of a hero's edit. So apparently, outside of the game, Abby Maria is a very lovely person. RC is super annoying. <laughs> well, there you go. I can I, I can see it. Investment banker and all. I've heard a couple of funny stories that, about RC. Like, nothing bad, just, like, funny. Just, like... God, she's annoying. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> that is the Tandang Drive in yellow. And man, oh man, yeah, I, I can't think of a tribe I'd want to be on less. When when your sane person is Lisa Welchel, an artist who has just got the biggest resting bitch face I've ever seen, it's not great. So that is our motley crew of insane people. What a, what a fun cast. All right, are you guys ready to jump into these episodes? Let's go. Let's jump in. Well, I guess I guess I, I had one more question um, before we do that is, so the three captains obviously were all picked for medically being medically evacuated. Would there be anyone you would swap out? You know, obviously Michael Scoopin, but, you know, really beyond that, is there, like, anyone you would rather see who got medically evacuated uh, as opposed to these three? Well, let's just, let's go through, because you'll probably remember these a little bit better than I would. So we have Bruce from Survivor Panama. I, you know, I'd love to see Bruce back. Bruce was fun. Um, I, yeah, I'd take Bruce back. We also have James. James has played enough. I don't need to see yeah, him again. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on James. Joe Dowdle from Token Sheens, who's kind of nothing. He, he was the first one that came to my head, but I, it's probably recency bias. The first one that came to my head was uh, Caleb. Or not Caleb. Um, Colton. Colton. Thank you. We don't want to see Colton. No. So a allegedly Colton was going to be one of the three. And then the survivor, the backlash in the survivor community was really extreme. So like, you know what? No. <laughs> yeah. They just postponed it a year, which is still pathetic. Because yeah. here's, a, here, here's so the thing. I can't really think of a specific person who I'd replace, but, and, and you're not going to like this, but you know, scooping makes sense because of severity. Russell makes sense because of severity. Penner, not, not as much. Wasn't severe. At least it wasn't, like, dramatic on camera. Penner makes sense because he's really good at telling a story. Yeah, I think Jeff Probst... Penner is one of his all-time favorites, so that makes sense. It's the one thing Jeff Probst and I agree on. <laughs> um, the only other guy I can think of is the old guy from Guatemala. Uh, he didn't get medically bad. Oh, he, he got voted out first. Um, Mike Barassi from Survivor Samoa, who... Yeah, he, no, he's too old. <laughs> yeah, yep. He shouldn't have been on the first time. And then I believe the only other one is Courtney from Star One World. She's um, still healing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe I missed it, but out, up until this point, is there only one woman who was medically evacuated? Yep. Just that's, the one. That's interesting. And I think she's still the only one to this day. That sounds right. Hmm. What does that say about men? Well, uh, what does that say about men? We We're are fragile. stupid. 
We're fragile, fragile get creatures. Get hurt a lot. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to jump into these episodes? Yeah. Yep. So we have six of them to talk about tonight in the pre-merge. All right. Episode one, Survivor smacked me in the chops. We get our classic marooning stuff. All out on the ship. Michael Scoopin immediately recognizes Lisa, and he's one of the, like two people this entire season who's going to recognize Lisa because everyone else is too young, I think. But during this marooning challenge, it's you know, speaking of injuries, yeah. If we ever do a maroon chase, so here's here's some good advice: be really careful during the marooning. Don't rush. You know, uh, Jeff is going to be like, "You have one minute to get off the ship," and Penner's like, "Or what happens?" Yeah, that's fair. What is going to happen? You don't need to rush and hurt yourself climbing overboard on this ship like two people are going to do, one of them off screen. Jeff Kent is going to get his like leg caught between the the raft and like the the thing that was holding it off the side of the ship and he's going to like tear his MCL or something like that right off the bat. Yep. And is it confirmed that it's actually like porn or is it just like sprained? I don't remember for sure, but it, it's it's a significant injury. Abby Maria Jeff Probst is going to give her a ton of crap this entire pre-merge for being in, like, one or two challenges. That's because she tore her ACL in the, this marooning, and they didn't show it. Really? Yeah, she oh, had to get I surgery. She had to get surgery after the season on, on her leg. Uh, so, yeah, Abby Maria is just absolutely wrecked early on as well. Possibly why she's in such a bad mood. I mean, I guess I would be in a bad mood, too, if I tore my ACL on day one. So that really annoys me about Jeff this season. He's really hard on some of the women this season. For no reason. I, I don't know. Jeff kind of rubs me the wrong way uh, sometimes this season. What was the last time he did that to the specific tribe? Was that Gabon? Where he oh, yeah, where he just wouldn't stop railed on Gabon. one tribe. But yeah, he's kind of a jerk here. But yeah, so just be careful. Don't rush getting off the boat. I know they're going to try and play up the sense of urgency, but what are they going to do? Feed you to sharks? Yeah, no. Throw you overboard? What You're would be slippery? Anyway. Be careful. Yeah, exactly. And this is just in general good advice for when you're on Survivor. Don't injure yourself in whatever task you're doing because that's a surefire way not to win. Don't rush this because production's yelling at you. They're trying to manipulate you into doing something dumb. Over on Matt Singh, Russell says, like, hey, I was the leader last time. Don't want to do that again. Proceeds to immediately boss everyone around. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we need to say, okay. good, Russell. Good on you, Russell. He's learned. Good for you. Oh, no. Nope. Immediately, and no. Immediately, he's like, I mean, I'm not the leader. But do it this way. But do, do it this everything way. I say. Go get food. We need to do fire now. Oh, All right, this, okay, is how, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> got to either own that or not. And if you're in a returning player situation, you kind of just have to bite the bullet because you have the experience. Uh, but you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Well, and there are ways to be a more passive leader yep. than what Russell was doing because he was barking. Yes. In returning players, we talk so often about what kind of edge they have in the game and just you know experience over any of the newbies at least at least half of the newbies here are immediately recognizing this and just be like we're gonna let russell dig his own grave yep exactly no most notably malcolm malcolm's the big one because malcolm starts the fire and russell takes the credit for it and he's like that's fine yep what is kind of funny is, especially in the early days, Malcolm came into this season wanting to be the villain. And you can kind of just barely see it because he doesn't get that at it at all. No. The exact opposite. <laughs> but you can kind of see like the schemey bastard behavior he wants to do just very, very slightly. And then the Survivor won't let him have it because of he's on Matt Singh. Yeah, I was going to say Matt Singh wouldn't let him be a bad guy. Yep, which is also, Denise wouldn't let him be a bad guy. Just hilarious. <laughs> You just get the, the, the faintest hints of it, especially in this episode. Over on Calabaw, Penner's going to go off on his own a lot. 
dude, come on. This is your third time playing. What are you doing, man? And Jeff can't immediately be like, hey, how about we don't let have a Boston Rob this season and we'll just take out the returning players? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we'll take out Penner first. What a genius idea. Who could have thought of that? And I'm wondering if he, he's, Jeff is the one who goes hardest against Penner. I'm wondering if he's compensating for his injured leg. It could be. It's possible. I mean, and I, I know that, like, yeah, Penner's right. Like, he's like, well, I need to go off and do my own stuff because they're going to vote me off. Yeah, he's right, but that doesn't mean that you can't win some of those people over. Yeah, he's kind of doing, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Day yeah, one. Yeah, they don't like me, so I'm going to go and leave so they don't have a chance to actually not like me. And that way, they'll not like me, but at least I'll have got an idol about it. He does find the idol clue. Yes, he, he, to, to his credit. But he kind of stumbled upon that. Yeah, uh, it was in, it's hidden in the rice. Yeah, and it's hidden in all of the rice the rice bins at all three camps. Um, and by the way, Ryan, I wanted to agree. I think that the reason Jeff Kent railed against Penner so hard is if you're injured on day one. Pick someone means, else. That, like, literally anybody that's not me. Hey, look, a returner here who's breaking Survivor Rules 101. You got to be aggressive, otherwise it's gonna, it could land on you. Yeah. On Tandang, you know, a lot of times in Survivor history, we get iconic duos and we're gonna get we're gonna get one this season you know you know we have your jt and steven later on we're gonna have like wendell and dominic you know richard and rudy um what's the opposite of that because <laughs> that's what's about to start here with abby maria and rc rc and abby <laughs> i would watch this sitcom though <laughs> so here's a fun story survivor cambodia second chances abby maria gomez gets voted back on and gets to play again in survivor second chances rc was invited on second chances. They invited her back to play again. She found out Abby was on the ballot and is like, nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my gosh, this goes back to what was it, your idea, Ryan? I don't know. Survivor what, Rivals? Yeah, Survivor Rivals. I don't remember when we talked about that. This is on, my on top choice. Podcast. That would be perfect. Sur- Survivor Rivals, this is my top choice. I don't think this one would happen. I think they hate each other so much, this will never So happen. much money it would cost. <laughs> yes. So they immediately make an alliance. And they're going to bring in Pete and Scoopin. They want to take out Lisa first because Lisa's been kind of shy and not talking so much. Yeah, introverted, bit introverted. of a loner. Uh, they think that she's looking for an idol when actually she's just off being alone. Yeah, just crying a little bit. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> she's pulling a holly. Yep. Scoopin doesn't want Lisa out first because, you know, he's a fan of the facts of life. But he recognizes the game has changed. We're going fast. I'm not going to stick my neck out to save Lisa. He also likes the fact that she's the other older person yes. on the tribe, and then he's not the only outlier in age. But, you know, good for Scoopin for being like an older school player coming in and recognizing the game is changing. He has to adapt. Yes. So far, I would say he's doing the best. Yep. Yep. Of the three. Of the three returners. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Back on Matsing, Zane is going to make an alliance with literally everyone. Zane? <laughs> so I compare Zane to. Um, what is that show? I think you should leave with Tim Tim Robinson. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. I I am more and more inclined to believe that Zane is just Tim Robinson playing the character of Zane Knight because this this is this can't be a real person. <laughs> he does seem like he was written by the writers of Letterkenny <laughs> uh, or something like that. But even what he's doing here in episode one is exactly what we see Aubrey do eventually. I'd like yep. to start a dialogue. I'd like to start a dialogue. I'd like to start a dialogue. I know you think that I'm bullcrapping you, but I'm not bullcrapping you. Says it to everybody. <laughs> You're a liar. Zane makes alliance with literally everyone. I, dude, I love Zane. Uh, so Zane's going to be the first boot. I think if I had to rank like every non-returnee first boot of all time, Zane might be number one. <laughs> 
I love this guy. This guy is beloved in the Survivor community just because he's like, I don't even know. He just played himself out of the game. As he should be. We, we don't want to talk about this too much in advance. We can yep. save some of we'll this for there. the end. Uh, but he, then he, he makes alliance with everyone. He tells Malcolm and Russell that he made an alliance with everyone. And Malcolm's like, yeah, that makes me trust you. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. at least he told you that he made an alliance. That's true. With like, if you make an alliance with everyone, but then you tell one person that you made an alliance with everyone, odds are... You're the one that they trust the most. Now, what Unless if you he says e- that to everyone. I was like, what if you tell everyone that you made an alliance with everyone? Yeah. This turned into 3D Jeez. Survivor Zane really quickly. D chess right there. Zane D. <laughs> so Malcolm tells Denise all about this, and the two of them are going to make an iconic duo alliance. This is this is I, a- excellent. I love the moment in the woods that they have where they basically just have a really quick, like, oh my god, yay! <laughs> Dude, these two are the best. I, I want to see a literal buddy cop movie starring Malcolm and Denise. Yes, I would I would, I would watch it. So Michael Scoopin, he gets injured a lot. He In the first season, he was a little bit of a klutz. This time, he's more of a klutz. And you know what? I got to say, I enjoy watching him get hurt. We see a lot of Michael Scoopin's blood. It's not pig's blood on his face this nope, time. It's, it's his like, own. It, it's him. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Yeah, me too. More, please. <laughs> Russell Swan is going to find the auto clue for Matt Singh. Zane is going to spot him with the clue. Later, he's going to ask Russell if he's looked for the idol. Russell's going to deny it. Dude, because Russell saw Zane looking at him suspiciously. Russell, just it's just the clue. Own up to it at this point. If you think you were spotted, just if, if it's just the clue, own up to it. Like, Russell, make an alliance out of this. The thing that I noticed the second time watching this episode is it seems like Russell was trying to act smarter than everybody else because yep. he was a returning player. And usually a lot of returning players have a little bit more self-awareness than that. <laughs> Russell, Russell is not that kind of guy. And I want to remind everyone, Russell in his first season went to exactly one tribal council. So yes, he has experience. Technically. Technically. <laughs> Russell is enigmatic. Yeah. He is so excited to share everything that he knows about Survivor, not realizing that Survivor's a game where you literally shouldn't show everything, where a little concealment and targeted release of wisdom or experience is the only advantage he has as a returner. But he's like, nope, I'm going to put it all out there on the open. I'm going to wear it on my sleeve like some kind of like purple heart, I guess, because he got medevaced. And here's everything. He, he doesn't know how to keep a secret or how to not talk about it. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I think that would be the biggest thing that I would need to work on going out there. If I see something that I know, don't necessarily need to say it. Just keep, yep. keep it to yourself. My wife would confirm this, that I, that I just can't be quiet. <laughs> uh, she's in the other room, so she's probably nodding right yeah, now. Yeah, she can, she can hear me. Immunity challenge. Speaking of, you know, being just like too much, uh-huh. Russell Swan takes complete charge of the immunity challenge, doesn't listen to anyone else. And they lose drastically. And by the way, we we got to see pre-strategizing, which this is kind of a yep. rarity. We, we do love get to, to see, see it. it. We get to see it a couple times in this pre-merge, and I took note of it as something that, again, I kind of like it. And most of the time, it was Russell being a Goomba, but this time he like just doled out roles. He's like, "You're doing this. I don't think I should do that. Well, that's too bad." Angie's like, "I'm bad at puzzles." Well, you're doing the puzzle, and Angie points out later. She's like, "I ran track in high school. I'm really fast. Why would you not let me run and make the guy who just quit <laughs> smoking Zane run?" <laughs> doesn't make sense because i mean it doesn't say it but like is it because she's a girl could be Maybe. probably probably uh, honestly probably so just my, the way it was bad luck yeah so my one my only thing with them showing like the pre-game strategy with all the challenges it, 
it's so rare that they do that it, that it's almost always because there's a payoff in the end. And yep. if it's a very noticeable thing that they're showing on one specific tribe or one thing that they're talking about, I'm always like, oh, okay, well, that tribe is losing. Part of me, yeah, it's cool to see, but also a lot of the time the challenge gets spoiled because of it. Oh, it's 100% spoilage rate, but that's okay because it's usually pretty awesome. Yeah, I think every once in a while, you know, you're watching a movie and the movie starts by you you see a, the main character in a really bad situation mm. and then it does record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> so, like that. You know, they, yeah, they spoil the result, but they do so by letting us know, like, this is going to be hilarious watching this fallout later. We need to know that Russell yep. was the reason. Yeah, pointing his sausage fingers at people. So Zane is going to volunteer to be voted out because he was so bad at the challenge, which, I mean, he was slow, but he wasn't, like, a disaster. Uh, he, he quit smoking the day Survivor started, so he's not in shape, so he's going to volunteer to get voted out. But apparently, <laughs> this is all a ruse to get Russell voted out. But he doesn't tell anybody it's a ruse to get Russell voted His out. idea is, they all like me so much that I'm going to tell them to vote me out, and they're not, and they're going to vote out Russell anyway. That's how much control I have over this tribe. Elite social game. <laughs> tell you what, he's either winning Survivor or going home tonight, man. Let me... What? <laughs> and, and, you know, to his credit, no one wants him to go. Everyone wants Russell out. And to his credit... There's actually a scene between him and, what was it, Malcolm, I think? That was basically just like, what if we go for Russell? And, and I, I think Angie. We, I think it was Angie. Angie? I, yeah, I couldn't remember who it was, but like we, we were almost there. We almost got it. All he needed to do was chime in for just a second and say, yeah, you know, I, I'll give it another go. If you guys yep. think that I can, I, I'm, I'm happy to stay. My heart is in it. I just don't want to let you guys down. And bam, Zane is not voted out, but he commits. And 100%. bam, Zane is the winner of Philippines. Like he, he's trying to do the inception without actually like planting inception. planting the seed. He he got all the way like the third dream down, and then he doesn't incept the idea. Step one: ask everyone to vote me out. Step two: question mark. Step three: profit. Step three: soul survivor, baby. Step three: free vacation. So we're gonna go to tribal council. And Russell reiterates everyone, like, hey, I made a mistake, and I really want to be here. He focuses on that, where Zane doesn't necessarily want to be here on paper. Yeah, five votes Zane, one vote Russell. <laughs> Whoopsies. You know, Zane is the kind of guy, you play Spy Alley with him, and he puts all his pegs in his spy. So you know exactly who he is. And he's like, I is it me, or is it not me? I guess, and then someone's like, fine, I'll guess you. Oh, oh well. First out. It was the first one out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. So I guess like this was the right move because you have someone who's saying they want to go home and who doesn't seem to have a lot of challenge strength. Where Russell Russell's a huge guy, and if he can like own up to his mistake and improve, then you can definitely use his challenge strength. So you know I, I think this is the right move, especially considering Zane said vote me out. Well, th there there are two things to think about here because I just like a good challenge throw. I love it when you hold somebody hostage in the right situation. Sure. This is the first night. If you if you if you can survive, just find a nice easy consensus vote with no theatrics, uh, no strings attached, no hair on it. You, you take it. This guy says, "Send me home." I'm sorry, I'm not holding that guy hostage. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. I don't want to see you. <laughs> so, from everyone else's perspective, I do think this is the right move. Had Zane said one thing to one person about this not being Zane D chess, I think that Russell should go. Yeah. 
And, so and, <laughs> that's just my opinion. And and one final cherry on the top is that he also blatantly made an alliance with everyone on the tribe. So yep. can you really trust this guy? No, uh, probably not. Zane is the kind of guy who giggles when you're playing hide and seek with him. I think Zane <laughs> is the best like reason to have a first boot season. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would love to see that. He has produced or been on the receiving end of some of my all-time favorite survivor memes. Yep. And I will, I don't know, tweet them out or post them along with our episode announcement whenever that goes out. Good. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. All right, let's get into best and worst player of the episode. Josh, who do you have for best player? Oh, well, you know, I am going to give it to RC here just because I think that the alliance that she made on, uh, what's the tribe name? Tandang. Tandang. The alliance that she made on Tandang is actually pretty solid here and one of the most solid of any three tribes that is out there made it immediately seems to have really close connections with both abby maria and scoopin yeah abby maria was kind of part of that too but it really seemed like rc was the driving force behind it and really there there was some other good stuff you know honorable mention to uh like someone like malcolm but just like alliance wise i really like that she drove a majority alliance not just a duo okay I had Malcolm because we saw him making alliances with Angie, Denise, Zane, and Russell. He helped make fire, let Russell take charge, take credit for that just to keep the target office back. And he helped take Zane out, I suppose. So I had Malcolm. I had Malcolm. I think most of it was being able to demonstrate exactly how solid he was with everyone and with everything. Zane walked around bragging how he made an alliance with everyone. Malcolm maybe didn't make an official alliance with everyone, but he made strong connections with everyone. He's the one that Zane was talking to. He and Denise had something going on, kind of sidebarring, and I think he had something going on with Angie yep. with a sidebar yep. as well. Um, and everyone but Roxy. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and then he was working well with uh, Russell on the fire, mm-hmm. you know? So really all-around strong episode, and I loved his confessionals as well. How about worst player, Josh, do you got? And just a reminder, we cannot give it to Zane. If you get voted out, you're not eligible. So Zane is not eligible for this. It's got to be Russell. It just seems like he has zero self-awareness here. And he's treating this like, I don't know, people who have no idea what Survivor is. It, it's it's not like this is Redemption Island where you're a returnee that's playing with a bunch of fools who have never seen easily be manipulated. That's not what's going on here. So... You need to be a little bit more crafty, a little bit smarter, and he's definitely not doing that. And and that's not even mentioning the whole thing at the challenge. Yep, it's Russell. Russell is juggling knives, but he rolled a nat one on dexterity. And by the way, he told everyone, don't try this at home. So he knew it was dangerous. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, there's something about not learning your lesson, even though you vocalized the lesson that I just, I have to agree that it makes him worse. Dishonorable mention to Penner for, again, breaking Survivor Rules 101 about going off on his own, but... You know, I, I think Russell is the bigger center here. So let's get into winner picks. Derek, who is your winner pick after episode one? Yeah, I mean, I, again, uh, as uh, loyal listeners know, I like to try and pick one finalist from each tribe. I don't even remember the name of Penner's tribe. Calabaw. So my finalist from Calabaw, I, it's not going to be Jeff. We didn't really get to see much of anyone else, nope. maybe a little bit of Dana. And that was why Dana was my finalist uh, from Calabaw. My finalist on uh, Tandang was RC for the same reason that Josh had given her best player, kind of the driving force, the organizer of um, 
the four person alliance that included, you know, Scoopin and Abby Maria and, and Pete. But ultimately, I'm going to end up on Matt Singh, which I got to be honest, I wasn't feeling too great as we were going through the pre merge, but I did land on Malcolm because I really enjoyed that he demonstrated hey, I have these capabilities. But you don't need to see them all. They don't need to see them all. Denise was my other finalist from that tribe because those were the two that seemed to understand the dynamics of the game of Survivor within the context of their tribe in the early days, even more so than Russell Swan. So even though I've said, you know, I've learned my lesson, I'm always going to pick a returner. Penner's breaking rule 101. Scoopin is taking kind of a backseat. I don't like an old school player in a new school game all that much. Russell didn't learn his own lesson. So in a way, I feel like I picked the people who were acting most like returners. And that was either Malcolm or Denise, and I landed on Malcolm. Josh, do you remember who yours was when you first watched this? Absolutely, because I started taking notes. Uh, And and as a reminder, yes, I did say that I watched this July 2021. I watched the, the rest of the season in July 2021. I actually took all the seasons that I had left just to avoid spoilers going into Winners at War and actually watched the first episodes of all the remaining seasons that I had left because, you know, I don't like being influenced wanted to make that clear for and th- and that goes for this one and the the next couple seasons as well like derek i did not like any of the returnees here yes i've i've kind of shifted into treating them differently you know i was always I, I used to always be on the you know never a returner you know standpoint when when picking a winner pick I've i've come back a little bit on that but you need to have good returners in order to pick one that's a that's a reliable winner pick. And that is not Scoop and that is not Russell. Maybe Penner, you know, we, we, we know that he can he has a little bit of potential there, but I still don't trust him to be able to carry it all the way out. So all of them are thrown out the door. I really only had one person from Calabar that I liked, and that was Katie from Tandang. I really only liked RC. And then Matt Singh, you know, maybe it's just because They had a lot of airtime, but I liked Angie, Malcolm, and Denise from that tribe. A tribe losing its first challenge is not going to push me away from it just because, I don't know, it's it's pretty easy to overcome a lot of times. But I landed on Denise here as my winner pick. I think that she, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot from her with both Malcolm and with Zane. Yes, nothing's going to come from a relationship with Zane, but we but we saw a decent amount of her handling that relationship well. So we know that she uh, can have a lot of interpersonal stuff here on the tribe. And then ultimately, I, I just can't pick someone like Malcolm because he's going to be seen as so much of a threat, just, just the way he's built. Fair or not, that's just going to be the, the way that he's going to be perceived. So I, I can't pick Malcolm here. Okay. Uh, so I went with Denise. So I am on the always pick a returner train at this point because Guatemala, Redemption Island, and South Pacific, a returner made it to the end each time, and and one of those cases won. So I pick a returner, period, uh, up to this point until things change in Survivor. At the time, I picked Penner uh, because Russell had such a bad episode and I wasn't super familiar with Scoopin, so I picked Penner just because I I, I was familiar with him. I think I probably would have picked Scoopin at the time because he definitely had the best episode of the three returners. I hate saying that out loud. You mean today? Yeah, today I probably would pick Scoopin if, you know, this was airing now, knowing what I uh, would have known survivor-wise at that point. So, yeah, it probably would have been Scoopin, uh, just because he definitely has the best first episode. But at the time, Penner was my pick. A fun pick, if nothing else. Yes. You're not going to be bored. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't feel great about it, but I'm like, he'll bounce back, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll bounce back about as well as a deflated basketball. Just make it to a swap, please. <laughs> yes. All right. Episode two, don't be blinded by the headlights. Russell decides to step back and let the rest of his tribe 
step into leadership roles and fail and let them fail if they do. And I'd say in this episode, he mostly succeeds at this. I think he's got a really nice bounce back episode. I would agree. Those who don't have a great episode, Angie and Malcolm, <laughs> they're going to spend the most of the episode cuddling. Big oof. Uh, and Roxy is the one who's going to notice this and want to take out Angie because of it. Because they want to save Malcolm's strengths, but like break up a couple. Yeah, fair. <laughs> and to be clear, both Angie and Malcolm deny being any kind of a couple. I don't know if there was anything, but the fact that we were getting it from both of them, I don't know. I tend to believe them, but the optics are all that matter, matter. and they're cuddling. Lots of people have denied being couples before who have turned out to be couples. Yes, true. You can't take that at face value. you got to assume they're a couple and vote one of them out. Roxy's completely right. So RC is going to find the idle clue around Tandang. She's going to immediately tell Abby, oof. Don't do this. Mistakes. Keep that crap to yourself. You don't know her well enough yet. No. You don't know any of these people it's well been, enough. It's been, what, three days? <laughs> they agree not to tell anyone else. Later, RC is talking to Scooping about something else, and Abby immediately gets paranoid and freaks out at RC. Just, like, unhinged, basically. RC, you need to not be in an alliance with Abby Marie. <laughs> it's still early enough to change. Yes. Like, you don't have to commit your soul to her. There, there gets to be a point of no return eventually, and I understand that, that, yep. you know, you just kind of have to lay in the bed that, that you made, but... We are on day three or four. Haven't even voted a person out from the tribe yet. You are okay to move on. Abby Maria just walked into the basement, and uh, her her spouse, RC, was talking on the phone with Jake from State Farm. But she <laughs> wanted to know what Jake from State Farm was wearing, and it was not khakis. <laughs> Actually, it might have been. I think Scoop is just wearing khakis. khakis. Penner is going to end up finding the hidden immunity idol. And what's fun with the idols this season is we take the leaf out of Survivor China. And the idols are on top of the boxes that have the bags of rice in it. There's like a little decorative handle. And those are the hidden immunity idols that are just hidden in plain sight. I like it when we do this. Love yeah. it. We're not going to get it too much more in Survivor, but this was fun. So Penner has the idol. So one fun fact about the season, and we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to the weather report at the end of the podcast. But Survivor Philippines is notably one of the rainiest seasons of Survivor. Like nonstop rain for the first like nine days basically mm -hmm. and it gets to roxy to the point where she just stops helping around camp and everyone kind of notices this and then later when it does stop raining for a little bit she goes out to the beach to like pray which is fine but she i think she's speaking in tongues um while she's out praying on the beach and it kind of weirds denise out denise is a little uncomfortable with this i mean it even weirded russell out yeah. a little bit because russell was there too and and russell is religious denise is very famously an atheist they don't say that on the show but outside of the show they've talked about that and so th that's that is kind of interesting and kind of i don't want to say the risk you run on survivor but just just know with whatever religious practices you may have just especially nowadays with um, the kind of my more diverse casting we have on Survivor, not everyone is going to share your religious beliefs. And, and Roxy does keep it to herself for the most part, it seems like. But that is, you know, if you have something that isn't the most common religious belief, you know, people might be a little weirded out, might have some questions. Um, it is just something to keep in mind. I think the way that Denise approached it, because, I mean, Denise approached it in a, in a pretty politically correct way mm -hmm. i suppose or in a very sensitive manner she's mm -hmm. like i i don't really understand what's going on but i'll tell you this whatever happens out on this island isn't something that god did for me it's something i did for myself within the context of the episode roxy wasn't helping around camp roxy had kind of given up the weather had gotten to her you know i know that she's a buck 20 soaking wet with that sweatshirt yep. on but Denise is a buck 30 soaking wet with that sweatshirt on and so i think what the show was trying to illustrate was 
hey, you need to find that inner strength whether or not you are religious. And Denise, wherever she's drawing her strength from, it's working for her. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually really appreciated the edit and how close they made it because Roxy was so excited to see the sun again, but everyone had already kind of let their sun set on her. They were yep. kind of done with her at this point. You know, the speaking in tongues thing, you know, that, and, and, you know, whatever your religious practice is, you just got to keep in mind not everyone will always know what yours is. You, need, you know, you may be used to it. You've been raised that way your entire life and you've always done this practice. You got to remember not everyone may have had that be the case. So just something to keep in mind and definitely don't like preach it on other people that'll get you voted out real quick don't don't necessarily do a survivor south pacific unless you yeah. think you can get away with it <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say we're probably not gonna get another south pacific yes just especially with the the diversity of the cast whether that you know whether that's good or bad that you're that you're not gonna have that type of situation arise whatever but just know that that's unlikely yes all right immunity to challenge it's actually a pretty close one but uh, angie and roxy are not the most helpful and Matt Singh is going to end up losing again. So really, Roxy and Russell versus Malcolm and Angie at this point. Uh, Angie and Roxy are the two targets. Uh, Roxy and Russell want to get rid of the possible romantic relationship. Malcolm and Angie obviously don't want to do that. They want to get rid of Roxy. So Denise is the swing vote. So who does she trust the most? The answer is Malcolm. The answer is Malcolm. So at Trouble Council, Angie and Malcolm are going to get called out for their, their relationship. Jeff asked the question like, hey... What, what is one thing that would make your tribe better? And Angie responds with, if we had cookies. <laughs> and she gets so much heat for this. It's like, I, I don't know why she gets so much heat. Like, yeah, it's kind of a dumb answer. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, cookies would be better. Jeff, is she wrong? Yeah, is she wrong? <laughs> I, I, I don't like that, that she gets so much flack for the answer. That's fine. Everyone relax. Survivor's supposed to be fun. Jeff really drills into her. This is one of those moments you were talking about yeah. at the top of the podcast where... You got to pick your moments as a host, and I don't feel like this was the moment. Cookies would make their tribe better. Yep. Undoubtedly. Honestly, anything would make their tribe better. <laughs> uh, it's going to be four votes for Roxy, one vote for Angie, because Denise is going to decide she, her, you know, her closest person is Malcolm, so she's going to align with him. Russell obviously figures out it's a lost cause, so he aligns and votes out Roxy. Uh, right move. I think it's the right move, I too. Think so. Yeah, I'd, I would say so. Denise is going to have to start thinking a little bit here about the whole showman's thing, though. Yes. It's something to definitely keep in mind. Not only because it, you know, paints a target on your closest ally's back, but also, are you his closest ally? That's the question. Don't know. Let's get a best worst player of the episode. Derek, who is your best player of the episode? So I said that this episode had a lot of bad gameplay, mm -hmm. and it was really hard for me to find someone who did something right. I did end up giving it to Denise because I thought that she made the right move. She played the swing position well enough. She trusted her ally, but she still has a way to defend against it by using Russell Swan, assuming like if Malcolm wants to go with Angie in the future. I did like that Russell Swan kind of shed his target, but he still flipped out and after the challenge loss, and it wasn't a very good look for him on the maturity level. So I knocked him down for that and ultimately thought like, okay... Denise did nothing wrong. Russell did some things right, but then kind of did some things that I didn't like. So honorable mention to Russell, but I gave it to Denise. I'm giving mine to Russell. He had such a bounce back episode and he, he was a beast in that challenge. It was not his fault. They lost. And so I think he definitely proved like, yeah, we can use this guy to, to win, hopefully. And then he did end up letting Roxy go and he realized it was he couldn't save her. So I had Russell. Josh. So as a reminder, I I don't watch these, but I I did take notes the the first time that I watched this season, I wrote down Penner here. Okay. Oh, okay. He found an idol. Yeah, but yeah, but didn't have a great episode. Besides that, 
Yeah, so that that probably so the other part of it is also possible that I was thinking that Russell, you know, his closest ally it seems like was Roxy. So, you know, he's hurt by her going home. Like, yeah, he let her go. Like, good job. He didn't fight for her, but what's keeping you from being the next person? Okay, so tie break between me and Derek. You're gonna go Denise, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll okay. go with Denise. How about worst player, Derek? I had Lisa from Tandang, and I think it was because what time we did spend over on Tandang, it was Lisa pretty much isolating herself yeah, and, and Abby Maria being a little bit insufferable and starting to show signs of being a little bit unhinged. Yep. Um, but ultimately, Abby Maria is still in an alliance of four so far, and Lisa, if they lose, is gone. Gone, yep. gone. Uh, now, I did give dishonorable mentions to, uh, let's see, Penner. Malcolm, Angie, and Abby Maria. And they all deserve them. Yeah, I landed on Angie. I thought the showmance was probably the worst thing done in the episode. So that's Angie and Malcolm. And Malcolm was at least a beast in the challenge where Angie was not good. So Angie is my worst part of the episode. And, and my, my thing, I do think isolating yourself on a tribe that has not gone to tribal council is worse than being in a showmance. Only marginally, but like one is a big reason to just like vote you out for sure, and the other one might be something that people hold well, in on. I had out. that she had isolated herself in the the previous episode, and I get and I just was more of that, so it didn't really change too much. I, and I felt like they really highlighted it in this episode. I didn't even really take much of a note on it in episode one. So I mean, I guess that's just eye of the beholder. Josh, yeah, if there is a showman that comes to light, I'm automatically going to be choosing from one of the two of those people, unless something crazy else happens in the episode. I went with Angie. Okay. Go me and Ryan. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Episode three, this isn't a Wii game. We, we talk a little bit about Abby Maria's injured knee. She wants to rest it. And if we had a, given been given the full context of what happened to her, yeah, that's fair. We weren't given it because we, the producers wanted to make Abby seem crazy. Which, to be fair, you know, yes. But, like, this this is... Just because someone is a, kind of a nutcase on the show doesn't mean they're always wrong. It, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. So she wants to rest. RC wants her to come help look for the idol. RC, just let her rest and you will look for the idol. How about that? Boom. It's just a stupid, dumb fight. It does turn into a catch-22, though, because Abby Maria freaks out any time RC goes off and does anything without her. Cool. Vote her out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this probably don't want to be in an alliance with her. Abby Maria's going to go tell Pete about the idol clue. <laughs> you were just getting mad at RC for not even telling Scoop and whatever. Pete... Then goes and gets Lisa on board because he wants to take out Scoopin because he doesn't like Scoopin. And I will say there's a whole like thread of the kind of like the game kind of turns against Scoopin where Pete, Abby, Marie, and Artis all really don't like Scoopin. And boy, oh boy, is that a good look in hindsight for those three. <laughs> they knew something we didn't. But Pete's going to tell, like, bring in Lisa, like, he wants to take out Scoopin and then RC later on. He wants those two gone. And then Abby, Maria is going to find the hidden immunity idol and, and immediately tell Pete. So much great gameplay here. I mean, Pete's doing well. Good for Pete, but everyone else, just a mess. And That's you know about what? it. Even though all this stuff is kind of breaking Pete's way because Abby Maria kind of likes him or whatever. Not, yep. not like likes him, likes but like, yeah, uh, trusts him. Likes him, likes him. Oh, didn't even know so that. So fun fact, after the show, Abby and Maria, Abby Maria and Pete dated on and off for a while. Okay. Hmm. But... I, Pete, he does not have camera charisma. Every time that he was in confessional or on screen, he just looked so disinterested. He looked like he was trying to do the thing where, like, you know, it's in every Hollywood trope movie show ever where the guy is, like, pretending to be disinterested in the girl to make her more interested in him. Sure. Uh, but he seemed that way in confessional tour. He's like, ha ba 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 ra ba 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 Like, the, the, every adult in Charlie Brown. And I was like, man... 
I, I, I really wish you'd have taken a little bit of camera training. Man, I like Pete. He's I, such a douche. I, I love I, it. <laughs> see, but you like you, you like those characters. You, well, who was it? Adam from One World or uh, uh, the the lawyer? Um, well, Matt, 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 yeah, Matt, yeah. The, 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 the cartoonishly douchey characters. Oh my I love. god. <laughs> yep. I, I love the cartoonishly douchey characters. You know, give me I like cartoon characters on Survivor. I, I enjoy Pete a lot. Pete's fun. He he's the he ends up doing the the villain thing that Malcolm kind of wanted yeah, to Pete's do. Pete's kind of the <laughs> kind of a villain this season. Kind of. But Abby Maria gets the idol. Calabar realizes like the thing on the rice box is missing. They deduce it was the idol. Penner probably has it. Penner is going to confirm it to Jeff. And normally, don't tell people about your idols. I don't mind that Penner does it because he's in such a bad spot that if he just like brings out the idol and swings it around, he might be able to win some people over. And Jeff does agree to be in alliance with him. So that's progress for Penner, and he needs this. And the confessionals did shift from we need to get rid of Penner to okay, maybe I can work with this guy. Maybe yeah. I should work with this guy. This keeps my options open. Good for Jeff. Yep. Idols change everything, especially if you're working with a lot of just newbies and you're a returning player, people who can be really impressionable. They've never dealt with an idol before. They don't know what to do. So they might be a lot more likely to just kind of go with whatever direction you as the idol holder is setting. Yep. Fear can make people do things. Denise and Malcolm, they really confirm to each other that they're the final two. So I think it's these conversations they have that make Denise trust Malcolm and know that Malcolm's with her not Angie. Malcolm tells us as much. It probably helps that she's a therapist of yep. some kind. I mean, not every therapist is good at Survivor, but, you know, there is something to be said about correctly being able to read people. And, and these two, they're, they're super, you know, they're big, they're both huge fans, and they're both super intelligent. You know, Malcolm, I think, I, I can't remember which school he went to, but he went to an Ivy League school. You know, these are really smart people. So, uh, yeah, I think they have that, that real strong connection. Immunity challenge is going to be a, a water challenge where you dive down and release buoys and then solve a puzzle during this this is a great challenge so scoopin dives headfirst in the water and shatters the mask and gets glass in his head hilarious <laughs> and he's ble- and he's bleeding from his head for the rest of the challenge it was pretty funny and he really pissed off artist doing that artist hates Scoopin, well, because man. he told artists not to do that and, and then, then he, he proceeded to go and do exactly that and hurt himself there was eight of these buoys to get. RC is a beast and gets like three in a row. Denise and Malcolm each get three for their tribe. And because Russell and Angie are just god-awful at this. Angie can barely get the first one. And Russell can't get up the ladder to get back onto the dock. It's bad. For the record, Denise and Malcolm were absolute beasts. Yes, yes. Though They each got three. RC got three. Those three were tanks. Yeah, RC was also a, a tank in this and challenge. And RC did all of hers in a row. Yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah, but this is a bad challenge for Russell and Angie. Good old Matt Singh. Good old Matt Singh. So it's a toss-up between those two. Denise wants to take out Angie. She's the weaker one and, you know, the whole showmance thing. But she's like, eh, will Malcolm do that? She And she she only touches on it a little bit. She says, I think that Malcolm is more with me than with Angie. I guess we'll, we'll find, find out. out. He is. Yep, he is. Uh, Trouble Council, it's three votes for Angie, one vote for Russell. These two have, and I guess Malcolm's the one that really matters here. He has a working relationship with Russell, so it's not like he's getting rid of someone and keeping someone who he can't work with. He can 100% work with Russell if necessary. So I like, I think the Angie boot is good because Russell is definitely a better challenge competitor overall than Angie. Just Russell's not great in the water. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is, is this the only thing to consider here is any potential swaps that might be coming, especially going from three tribes down to two or just a weird set of three uh, realignment. So and that is really the only thing you consider. You need to consider in who might be more likely to jump ship. Sure. It doesn't seem like Russell is really that type of person. He seems to be a really loyal, my Ride tribe is my tribe type of person. So that could always factor into your decision as well. Russell Swan kind of reminds me of Dom Toretto a little bit, ride or die. He, he does seem Family. the type. And, and also, let's say they do swap and two of Matt Singh ends up in a minority grouping on another tribe. Russell is going to be great fodder yeah he's good rather target. than the other newbie which buys either of them another vote yep uh so i do think like even in that scenario which i hadn't considered i, I think i like getting rid of angie more definitely the right move for denise at the very least uh, poor diminutive angie though that's yeah, poor angie sad day for best player of the episode i had denise she strengthened her alliance with malcolm by taking out angie she made sure she's malcolm's number one so i actually had two options and neither of them were denise i had either pete or jeff pete because i liked the way that Abby Maria started coming to him with information and the way he started to kind of pull the strings a little bit. But I settled on Jeff because I think that Abby Maria is a ticking time bomb and I think playing with ticking time bombs is not a game Mm -hmm. for the faint of heart. (laughs) Obviously, Penner felt on his back foot enough that he needed to bring in someone. And now Jeff has a lot of options. He goes from being the guy with the injured knee to the person who kind of gets to choose his own adventure on that tribe uh, going forward. You know, he can choose to blindside Penner or he can use the idol to do something else because he has the knowledge of it. He could blow up Penner's game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things he could do. So I ended up giving it to Jeff. Josh? I originally put a giant question mark here um, <laughs> because I wanted to kind of give it to Abby Murray, even though that was a terrible, like, uh, that would be a terrible thing to give her. <laughs> like, literally just because she got an idol. Uh, and it's not it's not a good enough reason, but she was the only person that I ended up writing down. So I guess choosing between the two of you, I like Jeff more. Okay. Kind of like what Derek said. You know, with Denise, it, I don't think she has a bad choice, really. Okay. So like saying that she's the best player because, you know, Angie went home, it's like, eh, okay, whatever. You know, I, I think it was going to be a net positive regardless for her, except for the fact that the tribe is starting to dwindle more and more. So just like relationship-wise, information-wise, I'm going to side with Derek and go with Jeff here. All right. How about worst player? I had Abby Maria. Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for fighting with RC. And even though she did find an idol, she just gave way too much information to Pete. When I initially took my notes, I don't know why I didn't consider Abby Maria more, but I said either Penner or Swan. I settled on Penner because I didn't really like him disclosing the idol information this early. It made sense within the edit because they had kind of surmised it anyway, but I didn't like that he had disclosed the idol information, uh, but I didn't want anyone to forget that Russell Swan also completely botched the challenge and, you know, him and Angie, but Angie's gone, so I couldn't pick. Yep. So I landed on Penner because I didn't like disclosing the idol, but, you know, I think Angie, uh, Abby Marie is a good pick. I'll, I'll send it to Josh for the tiebreaker. See, I did go with Russell for mine directly because of the challenge. And then my my dishonorable mention actually was Scoopin because of the whole mass thing and then people just being annoyed with him in general. But that's not how this game works. This game works as I choose between the two of you. So, sorry, can you repeat yours really quick? Just who you Abby had? Maria. Uh, he, he had Abby Maria and I had Penner. Am I going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to. No, no, I can't do it. No, I don't care that she gave up too much information. I can't give her worst player if she got the idol. 
It's my standards, so I'm going with Derek here. Again. Okay, so, sounds sounds fine. All right, I this we, is garbage. We, uh, I don't think you've sided with me once this whole. I have standards. Okay, with you on the worst player last. Change, think, Josh, think change your standards. To, think back to how many <laughs> rewind <laughs> episodes we've done where I go, sorry, Derek, I'm, st I'm going with yeah, Ryan because I'm always right. I gotta remember <laughs> times where it was like something like six in a row, like literally the entire pre-merge or post-merge that I yeah, sided with you over. Derek. I remember there was one episode. Derek was getting salty. <laughs> oh, I, I you know I don't remember which one it was. I don't but, either. But there was definitely one where Derek was really salty. You know I think that was the one where you and I realized that I have to look at these things through the lens of hey I'm watching this in real time. Yep. Meanwhile you know how things yes. end. That was when we had that that discussion, which has since enhanced the podcast. Yes. <laughs> episode four: Create a little chaos. So we're gonna get to my favorite part of the season so far of uh, the pre-merge. Pete takes the idol clue. Oh, I love this. And drops it in the shelter and makes it look like it's spilled out of RC's bag. Admin Maria points it out, and RC's got to read this whole thing to the class. <laughs> got to read the notes to the class. <laughs> Show and tell. And Admin Maria is pissed at RC because clearly, for some reason, she decided to just leave the clue out and read it to the tribe. But Abby, you showed Pete the clue. You, he he knew where it was. Why why don't you suspect Pete did this? Why do you think it was RC? So he just kind of like tossed the clue in there. Nope. And he just dropped to tossed a grenade into the room and left. <laughs> it was uh, uh you you were trying to pass a note to your crush. The teacher caught you and made you come to the front of the yep. class. <laughs> read it to everybody but it was pete's note <laughs> well it, the, the editing here was mm, chef's kiss it was superb because it shows abby me like wow rc she's so stupid i can't believe this happened and then rc being like what happened literally how did that happen the the note the, the the clue wasn't there i don't and then it cuts to pete going <laughs> i did it it was me it was me and <laughs> that right so there unhinged it was just insane like this is yes, real obviously obviously as the your memorability correspondent. Um, you know, this is this makes the short list of most memorable moments of the pre-merge. Yep. It Iconic. Was... <laughs> and might I say, we talked about this a little bit in, you know, the most recent, like, season 42, season 43, where just, like, the decisions based on casting, you get so many fewer moments kind of like this just because there yep. aren't absolute wild cards cast on this season they try not to tat uh to cast douchebags <laughs> yeah douchebags yep. crazy people people who are unhinged I'll, I'll use the word again and and this is just a especially just this tribe is just this grouping that is perfectly put together to have scenarios like this and i feel like we don't get this very nope. often anymore the this last time we had these two archetypes was island of the idols which you know i get why we don't want to go back to that well but with aaron being kind of a douche and then nora being insane that's the last time we've had characters like that and i do miss characters like that but island of the idols i think did a number on casting yeah well and we're gonna see this again in a few seasons from another player who like this particular move reminded me of something that another player does in an upcoming season and i'm trying not to spoil those things but uh we saw that person on season 40 yep it's it's gonna be fun but yeah this is just great and rc's like trying to talk to abby like can we figure out what happened she's like i don't have anything to say to you and it's just you're the worst i hate you it's insane like if you f with me you're dead whoa <laughs> This is, this I is, love it. I love it. Well, Abby so Maria always speaks in just like definitive, like extreme ways. Yeah, like that. She's like, a Sith. Like, like she's Ryan a Sith. 
It was actually Jesus like, Sith Lord. F with me and you're dead. Like, actually, and I feel like she actually means it. <laughs> yeah, she's like Anakin Skywalker in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Where she, <laughs> she is going to slaughter the younglings. Instead of Annie, it's Spoilers. Annie. <laughs> Annie Maria Skywalker. Yeah, Annie Maria Skywalker. <laughs> All right, Penner, Jeff, and Carter decide to make an alliance around Calabar because of the idol situation. And they're off on their own doing that. So the girls, Katie, Dana, and Dawson, first time we've heard like from any of them. I actually messaged the guys and said, Ooh. I don't know any of these girls' names. Yep. They're not long for this world. They're going to make a girls' alliance, and they want to bring in more women at the merge to, to make this, this thing happen. Yeah. None of them are going to make the merge. Yeah, they're going to one-world it. Um, yes. Spoilers. When uh, the, the game that Ryan and I play at the beginning where I'm na- naming a lot of contestants... I missed a lot of Calabar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only like two memorable people in Calabar, and one of them is a returning player. So, and the other is Jeff. The other is Jeff Kent. <laughs> the other is Jeff Kent. It's not gonna go well for them. But you know, I just want to point out, you know, another instance. Girls Alliance gets brought up. Doesn't always work, but it's terrifying when it gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Denise catches Russell looking for the idol, and it does make her nervous. So she and Malcolm end up checking Russell's clothes in his bag, but they don't. They don't find anything. I like the move, though. Like it. Love it. At the immunity challenge, it comes down to kind of the hero spot. Malcolm's in the hero spot this time, and he's the one who blows it. Matt Singh loses for the fourth time in a row. Zero out of four. Oof. And right when you think, oh, you know, Malcolm's going to be fine. Like, Matt Singh finally isn't going to lose. You know, someone else is going home. Nope. Nope. So Russell has a meltdown. Just talking to God and Jeff and everyone, and it's a nightmare. Poor Russell. I feel bad for Russell. I really do. I'd feel badly for Russell if it wasn't such a glorious train wreck to watch. It is glorious. Both things can be true. It, it, both can be true. And, I, and, you know, Ryan gave me a little bit more context on how this really impacts yep. Russell Swan after the game because of how poorly, the, like, everything that transpired in the pre-merge goes down. That said, and I say this with as much sensitivity as I can in the entire world, Matt Singh and Oolong are hilarious. Yes. That, that is true gold comedy is gold yes. standard television. I love it. Uh, I just feel bad for Russell because he's going to go home in this episode. I know he had a really rough time after this. He finished and then when the season aired. So, But I, I've heard he's doing better now, so hopefully he's doing good. Seems like a great guy. Yes. Oh, that's oh good. of course. But, yep, so we get back to camp, and this is where it gets really interesting. And this is there's definitely something to learn here. So Malcolm, Denise, and Russell, they're all going to conspire with each other to take out the third person. Yep, cover your tracks, just in case. It, 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 the real one is Malcolm and Denise wanting to take out Russell, but I love that both of them go to Russell, just in case. And be like, hey, so what about the other person? And Denise really connects with him on like a personal level, gets his like traumatic backstory, and uses it to vote his ass right out, and make sure he votes for Malcolm instead of her. Well, it makes uh, Russell uh, think that he's in the middle, too. Yep. Just like, oh... Denise plays him. I didn't think that this was going to be this way, but they're coming to me. Yeah, well, he even says that to Denise. He says, I really thought I was a goner, but I might have some hope. Thank you. So it's like... It almost makes it tougher. (laughs) He thanked Denise for the hope and then promptly, like, gets his throat cut. Yep. Brutal betrayal. You love to see it. I feel bad for... I do feel bad for Russell, but this is great TV. Because that's who he sided with, right? Yeah, it's going to be two votes for Russell, one vote for Malcolm. It's the right move, but boy, is it brutal. It is brutal, but I love to see our two members of the Buddy Cop Alliance from uh, number episode one. I love to see them as the last two standing, and this has been a glorious, glorious, glorious train wreck to bear witness to, and I am so happy. 
it, so yeah, it, it, it helps that I, you know, at least from a strategic standpoint, I didn't really trust Russell to do a whole lot this season. Yeah. So for it to end, especially kind of in the in the pre-merge, I was like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> and so let's talk about Malcolm and Denise here. So with these three tribe seasons, a lot of times they, they might run down to two or potentially one person left. But I think with the idea of matsing what we learned from matsing and the intentional matsing is if you go into the merge with just like two of you left the two of you survivors from your tribe you know that you're not a huge target because there's just two of you and as long as you two are close you can you can do a lot of damage so that's kind of the idea of the intentional matsing is it's a game theory in survivor where you if you are on a tribe of six and you make sure you and somebody else are like the two people in charge and you throw the challenges and make it bring it all the way down so there's just two of you left but you're the tightest two in the game go into the merge and do some damage that is the idea of the intentional mad thing people have discussed it people have talked about trying it both in game and out of game it's never been done fully the full intentional mad thing it's never been done but we did get something the closest we've gotten is shan and ricard in 41 that's the one um, that, that I was going to bring up is, is, is I noticed it with Shan and I, as a viewer, it's a little frustrating because it's like, ah, there's people that I want on this tribe to like make it through, like having it be intentional and it maybe not necessarily intentional, but more so just like, I'm okay with this happening because I have this really close yeah. ally and, and it, it it's weird. It's weird how that comes through dyna- like as the dynamic on TV. And since we're in an era where especially with like the losing tribes get their flint taken away if you lose that first challenge there's a, a, a realistic chance where you could get mad singed yeah so that's something to keep in mind make sure if you are on tribe of three that you are the malcolm or the denise you got to be one of the last two standing and that way it doesn't matter if you're losing as long as the idols don't come into play obviously and that's the big risk with the intentional mad sing is where are the idols coming from and stuff like that but you know it isn't necessarily so bad to lose every challenge as long as you're one of the malcolm or the denise and I'm going to chime in specifically with seasons 41, 42, and 43 as well. I think the 39-day season versus the 26-day mm-hmm. is a really important consideration because a lot of times, like, the game is over or nearly over in the new seasons where the merge is just coming up or just happened in the old ones. These people who are they're casting are so positive and the game is so short, they don't have time to hate each other. So the intentional Matt saying where you've got two people who really like each other coming up against two full-on tribes that have had time to fracture over time, those fractures are going to be way more well-defined and you two sure. will be way more bonded. In the modern season, it's like, oh, I've only known these guys for the equivalent of three votes. But I, I don't think that matters quite as much. I think what the more important thing is, is which tribes have managed to relieve pressure. Take Tandang, for example, this season. They're not going to go to Tribal Council at all. They all hate each other. And this is an extreme example, but, you know, part of the nice thing about going to Tribal Council is you do get to cut that fight. You do get to relieve some of that pressure and really see where people stand. And while you may win every challenge, if you were not united, it's not going to do you any good. So, really, the dynamics of Tandang and Matt Singer, what's really interesting here from this season and definitely something to study and keep in mind, especially in post-41 and on seasons of Survivor. Yeah, and I think my boilerplate is I think the intentional Matt Singer, in my opinion, is way more risky in the 26-day era of Survivor. Sure, It's certainly risky. It's risky anyway. I wouldn't necessarily say do the intentional Matt Singer from the get-go. Don't plan to do that. (laughs) But if you're on the Matt Singer tribe, if you want to commit, I'm... 
there's there's definitely a time and a place to commit to that bit. Just make sure you're either the Malcolm or the Denise or the Ricard and the Shan. Yeah. And, and you know, that might have been a case where that they, they didn't plan to do that on the Ua tribe, but they were just losing so much. They, they I, you know, they may have been like, you know what, screw it. Well, you know, no, no big deal. We'll just, we'll be the last one standing. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened with Ricard and Shan at all. Commit to it. Since it has been talked about recently, is there a risk now of people recognizing that and and recognizing oh this tribe got demolished in the pre-merge let's let's eliminate them right away because you know everyone cast now is super fans everyone knows stories behind behind everything it's been talked about a lot for some reason a little bit more recently than than previously is is that something to be aware of or do you I think, think that's people just doesn't matter will lose focus on that in the game because it's a numbers game what damage can two people do? Like maybe pre-game people will think about that, but then once you're in the game itself, I do think people will lose focus on that. Dirk, best player of the episode? Uh, best player of the episode. It was so hard not to give it to Denise, but I loved Pete's move so much that I gave it to Pete. I, See, I reward him for it. I, I can't do that because that is such a risky move. Anyone besides Abby Maria, that would not have worked. I'm not I, as entertaining as it was. I'm not going to give any credit to Pete here because this was. Eight, 99.9% of the time, this is a bad move. But we got to trust him. And no, obviously, absolutely not. Obviously, he had <laughs> a better read on the situation. no reason to trust Pete at all. I love Pete. I Nope, absolutely not. Do not trust Pete with anything. Denise is the best player of the episode because she played Malcolm and Russell against each other to cover her own bases. And the way she like manipulated Russell's childhood trauma to get him to trust her uh, is excellent. Denise is the best part of the episode. And, and the reason I don't give it to Denise is like, yeah, there was always the threat that he had an idol. But ultimately, there was no threat. They could have just voted him out. Yeah, it, it, like, but it, you it can't was... just assume that. Well, I, I I like the way she did it, but you know uh, there was stakes for what Pete did, and he he pulled it off, so he he gets the credit for it. That is results oriented thinking. It, we do that all the time. You do it all the time. No, nope. all the time. And also, I've got no reason not to trust Pete. So maybe there's something you're thinking of down He's the road. But with I Abby Maria. That. That's a reason enough to not trust Pete. Hey, you gotta. Hey, if you're the one who can work with the ticking time bomb, we've seen no, the, we've do, seen the nope. Noras go to the end. We've seen the Julies go to the do end. Do not be the person to work with the ticking time bomb. You diffuse the ticking time bomb and get them out of the game. You don't work with the ticking time. Bomb. You play hot potato and you have it blow up in somebody else's what hands. What we're going to see is you don't want to be aligned with Abby Maria under any circumstances. Oh, I'm, I'm sure not. But if she's on your tribe, like she's on your tribe and you're not losing, so you can't just like get rid of her. So like until Derek, that happens. Yeah, this is one of those patented bad Derek takes. It's not like an extreme example, but Derek is so wrong on this one. I just wanted to be clear that Derek is just incredibly, incredibly wrong. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Josh will agree with me, but let's find out. I, I wrote down Pete. <laughs> Okay, Josh is also incredibly, <laughs> incredibly wrong. And I have Do not paper. listen to them. I have the paper to prove it. I am not making it up. I wrote down Pete as my best <laughs> That's player. That's fine. Past Josh has a lot of terrible takes. This doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, I want all the listeners to know I'm going to... Pole rank is the senior survivor superfan correspondent here. These two are wrong. You can call us wrong, but in the democracy, yeah, we win. Yeah, that's fine. Here's, <laughs> okay, so, so here's the thing. I, I do... Uh, I do appreciate being able to use the ticking time bomb to your advantage. Use them as a pawn with the, I, I know you're going to say blah, blah, blah about Abby Maria, but we really don't know all of that stuff about Abby Maria, like quite yet. Like we know like, yeah, yeah, she's pretty crazy, but I feel like it, that hasn't been fully realized yet. And you're not wrong. And plus you've already told us that RC is also pretty yes, insufferable. RC and so, is also very and so like even leading off the podcast like that, like you've got, 
unreasonable met with erratic and it's like okay cool so pete's got to work with one of them because but that's that a doesn't mean crime. you throw the idol clue in the middle of that see what happens that it worked that should have blown up in <laughs> pete's face and no, we didn't. don't do results orientated thinking here. Just because something worked doesn't mean it was the right move. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is, I reject that fully. Uh, no, no, I like no, to have no, fun no. here, Ryan. <laughs> we like to have fun on this podcast. Uh, we can have all the fun we want, but I just want the world to know you two are so wrong. Let's move on to worst player of the episode. Derek, who do you got? I had Abby Maria. Yeah, it's Abby Maria. Uh, <laughs> she's erratic, and it's really hard for anyone to work or trust. She got tricked trust by her. Pete. She got tricked by Pete. She fought with RC. Yep. I actually had RC as as the worst player because she should have been able to, I don't know, figure this situation out in in some way shape or form. You know, hand, she handled it all right, uh, you know, when dealing with Abby Maria, but just like in general, I feel like she, you know, could have came out more positively with it. I'll I'll say dishonorable mention to RC. Sure, that's, sure. that's totally fine, but uh Ryan and I say Abby Maria, we're in consensus. Yep. Episode 5 got my swag back. So we're going to get tree mail for the reward challenge. And Malcolm and Denise are a little worried that this might be it for Matt Singh. They might not be coming back. That no one's found the idol yet as far as they know. So they're going to scramble, do a quick idol search. Malcolm is going to find the idol. So Malcolm's got it. Poor Denise. At the reward challenge, Matt Singh is going to get dissolved. Um, They're going to do a buff draw to decide who goes to which tribe. Malcolm's going to go to Tandang. Denise is going to go to Calabar. So that's it for Matt Singh. It's done. The Matt Singh era is over. Officially Matt Singed. Officially Matt Singed. So as far as dissolving goes here, how do you guys feel about that? Because we haven't really seen something like this before. Since All-Stars. So, yeah, since All-Stars. To me, I have a feeling that, you know, dissolving a tribe wasn't written into the script of the season. So I'm assuming they kind of made this decision on the fly instead of doing a full swap. I Personally, yeah, like, yes, this is entertaining to be dissolved. Of course, but I feel like just, you know, for the structure of the game, I personally would have preferred to have just like a full realignment, you know, full new draw and instead of this. I'm okay with this because they earned it by being terrible and they lost every chance. True. <laughs> I, I, I agree with Ryan. If there if one other tribe had gone to one other tribal council and it had even been a little bit more even because then you've got a five, three, six split, like fine, okay, realign. Um, because then, you know, if you're on the tribe of six, your reward is higher chance that you end up with a majority somewhere or the opportunity. This time Matt Singh just sucked. So their punishment is, congratulations, you are now odd man out on either yep. tribe. And I, I think that's earned. I think that is deserved. And if we look back at Survivor Palau, uh, when Oolong got down to just Stephanie, technically they didn't have a merge. They had to dissolve Oolong, and Stephanie just joined Karor. If you get defeated, that's what you get. I have a, I have a feeling they had a swap built in here. Yeah, and, that, that and then they just made that swamp. decision on the fly. Well, I mean, look at every basically every other three-tribe season we've ever done. I, I think that, that tracks. Until recently. Yeah, until, until the, like, the new era, quote-unquote new era. Malcolm is going to get along with this new Tandang tribe fantastically, especially Pete. They're just a couple of dude bros. Same age. <laughs> Pete is Pete. just like, oh my gosh, sanity, thank you. <laughs> and he's going to immediately tell Malcolm everything. There's an al- He brings him into the alliance to take out Scoop and then tells him like about the idol. Pete, come on, man. Pete. I get it. You, Dude. <laughs> you're ready for some new blood over here, but you can't let all the secrets go. Meanwhile, Malcolm's just got an idol. He's like, I'm not going to say anything. This is mine. On Calabar, this is great because Katie wants to bring in Denise into the Women's Alliance. They'll take out the men. It's going to be great. And by the way, the numbers there would be four, four to three. three. Oh, no. 
Dana is sick, really sick, like puking her guts up sick. Medical is going to come in and uh, funny story time. So production camera crew, they want to get good shots, right? So Dana is just hunched up, crawled into like a little ball of like despair and sadness, soaking wet and trying to stay warm and dry. The camera crews are all like trying to get in close to get good shots versus they're like leaning over her and water is dripping off like the cameras and their equipment and landing on Dana, making her even colder. Penner is pissed about this. He does not like this. So he starts threatening to sing songs because you can't sing songs on air because they don't have the rights to air it. So if they had that audio, they wouldn't be able to do anything with it because they'd have to pay money to air it. So he's like, you guys need to back the hell up or I'm going to start singing and make all of this footage unusable. It made them all just back away from Dana so she could have some space and try and stay dry. I love Penner. That's a real veteran move. Yeah. Like that, not even like a veteran survivor player. You need to know the industry. Yeah. And a Penner works in the industry. It. And he does. So I, that's why I love Penner so much, is he can kind of throw his weight around because he's got a two other seasons survive under his belt and tons of like film industry experience. So that's why I love Penner. Yeah. Related to uh, Denise, by the way, getting assimilated into Calabaw, the women want to bring her in, but the men approached her first. And uh, so she was immediately kind of invited to both sides of the fence. I just wanted to give Denise full credit that she was the, the popular new kid that everyone wanted. So with Dana, she's not like sick enough where her life is in danger. They're not going to pull her. They want to check on her again in 12 hours and just see how she's doing. Dana can't like talk she's so sick she can't even like get words out so she's gonna end up quitting and i cannot blame her at all she looked so miserable and especially with the weather on this season it's such a rough season that yeah i i don't blame dan at all for quitting here like that just sucks and i and i'm gonna point it out because i noticed it i think this was partially a function of production as well because the women on this season were pretty much given the skimpy bikinis to wear Yep. Uh, and, you know, I understand that, like, when you're wet, you're wet, but, you know, even wet clothes can help you retain some heat or it'll keep you warmer at night. Just the, the comfort thing is a big deal. And, you know, this is something that Survivor, I think, is getting better at, but there's still work to be done. So that's a big hit for the Women's Alliance on Calabaw. Immunity Challenge. Katie's a little slow at the beginning of this challenge, and everyone loses their minds about Katie being terrible at this challenge. Like, yeah, she had trouble climbing over a hill at one point. Whoopty flipping ding. And by the way, Jeff was being mean to her about it, yeah. too. He, he's like, the, the easiest part of the challenge, and Katie can't do it. I'm, Katie's the worst challenge performer of all time. Dude, well, calm down. Like, relax yourself, dude. Like, chill. And then Dawson was mediocre on the puzzle. Whatever. And so Jeff's just giving ton, tons of crap to Katie and Abby Maria for sitting out. She tore her ACL. Yeah, because uh, this twice Jeff will bring it up and be like, wow, sitting out again. I don't remember him saying anything like this to Sandra, the Sandra yeah. sit-out bench. Relax. People aren't always physical. That's not what they're always good at. It's fine. There's other ways to win Survivor. And let them play Sandra. Their, let them play their game. Yeah, the, Jeff pisses me off a lot. It's it, it's general. so random when he decides to go into these weird moods. I don't like. Is it the weather that's causing him to be this moody? Like, what the hell? I don't know. Maybe it's because the I think right around here is when his talk show got canceled. Uh, Maybe he's pissed about that. Yeah, he's just salty. Don't let your personal life get into your work, Jeff. All right, so the guys bring in Denise into the alliance uh, with Penner and Carter. That's great. Their, their their idea is, since they're going to be down in the numbers, most likely, to bring in Malcolm at the merge. This is a really great idea for Calabaw, for, for the survivor. Because, you know, you could just say, let's just vote out Denise. But in this specific situation where there wasn't a swap, where it was a dissolve, 
I think you need Malcolm, you need Denise, you need to try and come together to take down the Tandang group. So I think this is a really smart move for Jeff to bring in Denise and just to take out one of the Calabaw people just to try and give yourself a, an edge in the merge. It's almost trying to nullify you losing this member yep. and living to hopefully win the next challenge. Yes. So, yes, it is a very good move. You know, because Denise could just be the easy boot, but this is, this is more long-term thinking, which I like. So the question really is Dawson or Katie... Katie was worse at the challenge, but is generally better at challenges than Dawson on, on an average day. But then Dawson, who recognizes Jeff Kent, because she used to date a guy who was really into baseball, starts just making little little jabs about how baseball players aren't really athletes because they just stand around all day. Just starts casually ripping on baseball players and makes Jeff nervous. So Jeff wants to get rid of her. Hey, Dawson, maybe don't poke the bear. You wouldn't have gotten voted out here. <laughs> You should not to spell it out for you, but here we are. This is such a bad idea. Like, it's funny. It's hilarious, actually. Like, man, baseball, you know, I like dating athletes, but not baseball players, because they're not really athletes. <laughs> Jeff Kent's just dying. Because <laughs> he knows, oh, yeah. like, th there's no reason why she would talk about this. Like, why? She knows, <laughs> and I know she knows, and she probably knows that I know that she knows. Five votes for Dawson, one vote for Denise. Dawson's going to give Jeff a kiss on the cheek on her way out. Jeff, Jeff Probst, not Jeff Kent. Yeah. But yes, the, getting rid Love of Dawson it. is great for Jeff Kent, especially. It's a good move, but it's really great for Jeff Kent. It's it's not going to make my, my list of most memorable moments, but, you know, kind of an honorable mention for the kiss on the cheek. Yep. So for my best player, it's Jeff Kent. He pulled Denise to the alliance, and he took out the one person who knows his true identity. So I, I had him as an honorable mention. I actually had Malcolm for perfectly assimilating into Dan Dang. He found the idol, and Pete gave him all of the information, and he was a beast in the challenge. I almost forgot. We had two people go home in this episode, so we can give out two best and two right, worst. that's fine. Uh, uh, so yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and pile on with Derek here. I'm, my first one is Jeff. My second one is also Malcolm, because he, he, he found the idol, and he clicked super well at Dan Dang. So I have Jeff and Malcolm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll make the other one Jeff. I didn't have one, but Jeff was my honorable mention, so we'll just uh, rope him on in. All right. That works for me. Let the record stand, though, that I did have Malcolm, so I would have sided with Derek again. But again, Ooh, yes, love it. Loser, but also, <laughs> uh, according to our rules, we get two. I, I So there's understand. no sign here, Josh. If someone didn't quit this sure. episode, that'd be yes. the case. Techn yes, Dana technically quit, but I don't blame her at all. <laughs> for worst players, I have two. Pete for telling Malcolm about the idol. And Katie, I guess, for her poor challenge performance. You know, if we only had one, it would go to Pete. But, you know, technically, I guess Katie was a net negative, so I'll give it to Katie. I had Katie as my one just because with as fractured as Tandang was, Pete wanted to make sure that he had Malcolm. And I think that he gave him enough to make sure that he had Malcolm for the rest of the pre-merge. Yes. And, like, yeah, that risks some damage in the post-merge with, like, the idol and Abby Maria and stuff like that. But he could just be thinking as well, hey, we can just bring in Denise sure. and we've got more numbers. So I don't necessarily like that he divulged every, everything. I think it was more of a good thing for Malcolm and not it's not like a zero-sum game. I don't think it was necessarily horrible for Pete. That said, if we're picking two, it's Pete and it's Katie. Uh, but I don't think either of them played particularly yeah, poorly. Yeah, uh, And to your point, he definitely gave Malcolm enough to pull him in. He's, then he just went overboard. <laughs> it was almost a little overeager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Josh? So my one person that I wrote down was Katie, so I would have signed it with Derek. But, you know, yes, yes, we get two, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? 
but I would have switched it. I, I like the reasoning behind Pete more, you know, so I would, if we only did have one person, I would have flipped, okay. but we don't even have to go down that road. Yeah, we get both. Yeah, everyone, we're, we're win. everyone wins today. We can have our cake and eat it I too. I just think it's funny. That is funny. <laughs> All right. Last episode of the pre-merge, episode six, Down and Dirty. So it turns out Scoopin is eating most of Tandang's rice <laughs> because just like in Australia, the guy is, just doesn't stop eating. He'll eat anything and everything. Um, so they have about one day's worth of rice left. And we're not even at the merge. And this is important. Yep. We're going to go to the reward challenge. And it's a tough challenge. You have to push a giant ball into the end zone of the other team. Through mud, Through by mud. the way. First one, I think three points wins. Yep. We don't even get through one point because this challenge is so exhausting. It ends up in being just a stalemate. No one wants to move anymore because they're all so tired. They all got tied up for literally an hour. Yep. An hour elapsed before Penner and Scoopin decided to have uh, like contract negotiations. Negotiate out on the field. So what ends up happening is Calabaw gets the reward if Tandang gets all of Calabaw's remaining rice. That's the trade. And this is negotiated between Penner and Scoopin for most of it. There's a little input from some other people. Uh, there's a few people who are really mad. They don't want to do it. Most notably being Artis, who is sitting out of the challenge. He isn't competing at all. He's sitting out of the challenge. Dude, shut up. You are not <laughs> the one competing. Keep your mouth shut and just let it happen. This Clearly, this is an exhausting challenge. Why waste all of your energy on a stupid reward challenge? Just negotiate, get something out of the deal, and call it a day. Relax yourself. Yeah, but Ryan, it was Artis's birthday. It was Artis's birthday. And on Artis's birthday, he's a princess. That's the rules. I didn't write them. But when I was birthed, that was the first thing I learned. Relax. <laughs> Everyone needs to relax about this challenge. This challenge looked miserable. Yeah. And logistically, it just wasn't going to... Like, they, it was, they were on point one. Who's, you need to do this two more times? Whose idea... Whose idea was it to design this challenge in the rainy season? I, I'm not sure. Probably, I think John Kierhofer is the the main challenge guy for Survivor. This was a dumb challenge. So, first of all, everyone is mad at Scoopin and Penner for this negotiation. Yeah, everyone thinks they lost. Everyone thinks they lost. Classic good negotiation. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is how you compromise. And, 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 you know, I don't mind everyone throwing Scoopin and Penner under the bus, but, like, in all honesty, who cares? Guys, because well, what what was the reward? Again? So they get the, like a feast, a, a massive sandwich, feast, a good, a good feast, and it turns out the, the the bonus surprise was letters from home. Ooh, yeah. So the Calabar ends up getting that, and that's something you definitely want to say to Tandang. Maybe at like the immunity challenge, like, oh, the reward was great, and we got letters from home too, and then a real good scooping in Oof. trouble over on Tandang. That would have been really funny. They ba basically end up getting all of Calabar's rice, which a little bit more than doubles what they have. So relax, <laughs> everyone, chill. <laughs> Especially Artis. He's so mad. It's like, come on, you weren't even in the challenge. You shouldn't get a say at all. I think my favorite part of the episode was literally everybody thinking they lost. Yeah. And they can't talk to each other about who lost harder. <laughs> and, and what's really. Penner can't catch fish. Yeah, Penner uh, convinced Carter to go along with it because uh, Carter's really worried about this. And Penner's like, don't worry, I'll catch us a ton of fish. We'll be fine. And he catches like two really tiny fish. <laughs> he catches one was bite it? of fish for everyone. Everyone gets one bite of fish. Everyone is just furious at Petter and Scoop and. It's it's a mess. Not great. Immunity challenge. Tandang is going to win next to Malcolm. And Calabaw's going back to Tribal Council. And for Carter and Jeff, they want to keep Denise, which is smart. The real question is, Katie or Penner? And the obvious answer is keep Penner. He's got an idol. That's something you can use in the merge against Tandang. You're going to be down in the numbers. Plus, Penner is a meat shield. He's, he's a returning player. Easy choice. But what's really great is Carter asks Penner, like, hey, Penner, who should go home tonight, uh, Katie or Penner? <laughs> and, and Penner says something like, boy, I'd hate to lose Katie. 
Oh, that's LOL. That's my notes. It's LOL for this. That that is what we call boys and girls a Freudian slip. I want to talk about Carter for a second here because we haven't really heard from him much until like these last two episodes. I mean, but he's been on tour with the Backstreet Boys. Dude is a zombie. <laughs> he has no personality. He's just there. <laughs> I think he's one of those guys who really popped in like the real world, and he died the second he stepped foot on the island and couldn't eat any food. So I think yeah, he's gotten he's just like dead behind those eyes. I think he just wandered onto the dock when they were going out to the island. So I I had a hard time naming him yep. in our little like pregame thing. I'm like, I know this dude. Like I know him from the season. I can't tell you what his name is or the things that he did <laughs> just because he died. You're seeing instantly. It. <laughs> that and so he's so unmemorable that he's very memorable to me. Because <laughs> he's just he's a zombie. Zombie Carter. Purple Kelly and Zombie Carter. That's Purple a match Kelly. made in Survivor Heaven. It's a travel council. It's four votes for Katie, one vote for Penner. Right move. I agree. And I, I really focusing on the fact that Penner has the idol. Yep. If you're down two or three in the numbers now going into a potential merge, and that's not even counting what's going to happen with like Denise and uh, Denise and Malcolm, you need some hardware to try and even the score a little bit. So I think blindsiding the idol out of the game here would have been really stupid. So Because even going into the merge... Right now, it's the Calabot three guys, plus Denise, plus Malcolm. That's still five out of 11. Like, you need an edge. So definitely keep Penner. Because mm-hmm. you're in trouble otherwise. Yep, agreed. Best player of the episode, I have Jeff. Because he, he was the one who made the final call to go after Katie. I had Malcolm because he single-handedly won the immunity yeah. challenge, basically. Three out of the five total catches. Um, and this, this episode really solidified that he overtook Scoopin. And every, like, everyone on the tribe is like... Pro Malcolm, Scoopin no longer my friend. Now Malcolm is my best friend. So I, I'll give an honorable mention to Jeff. I didn't write down any, but I agree with you that there sure. should be some recognition. Originally, when I watched this, I wrote down Malcolm. That's fair. I can understand that. He was a beast in that challenge. It was the uh, one where Team they Josh and Derek. Uh, used the slingshot to launch balls out in the field, and you catch them, and you can catch either one, and Malcolm was just a tank. The JT Tooth yeah, challenge. Yeah, it's JT's Tooth Memorial Challenge. Yeah. Mm, nice. For worst player, I had Scoopin. He ate too much of the rice. And everyone was pissed at him at uh, the ne- negotiations. And I would say probably Tandang got the worst end of the deal. So, yeah, Scoopin. I had Scoopin because he ticked off his entire tribe and then was completely supplanted by Malcolm kind yep. of in the same episode. So I had Scoopin. All right. Good for Look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> we get one out of the entire thing. <laughs> I think we had two. Yeah, I think there were two. I think we had two <laughs> where we all agreed. So that is the pre-merge. That's pre-merge. We got 11 people left going into the merge. Tandang. Completely full. The first time ever a tribe has made it completely intact into the merge. And it's freaking Tandang. Well, except for except for the Oolong. No. Karor lost Willard. Oh, that's right. There's the double vote. That's right. Well, that's not their fault. Not their fault. Yeah, but because they won, they won the reward challenge yes. of that episode anyway. But yeah, the first fully intact tribe to make the merge wow. is Tandang. Wow. So let's talk about winner picks. Let's 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 check in where we're all at. Derek, you had Malcolm. Malcolm. Um, do you, if you could, we, we, are stuck with our winter picks. If you could change it, would you? Gosh, you know what? No, because even if Tandang is kind of a hot mess, they're still going into the merge with numbers and Malcolm is firmly planted in the middle of the majority Alliance in that tribe. And he has hardware. And I think he's played a phenomenal pre-merge given the, uh, the, 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 the hand that Matt Singh was dealt. So I, I would stay with Malcolm if I were to switch I would only consider switching to Denise. That, that'd be my only switch. So I have Penner. I would switch to Malcolm. Josh? 
<laughs> there's nothing else for me to say. <laughs> yeah, I have Denise. Yep. I am not switching just because, same thing as when I said at the beginning, you know, I I do like Malcolm. Uh, if I had to switch to anyone, like, yeah, maybe I would switch to Malcolm, but I do think there's going to be a time in the post-merge here probably pretty soon. Uh, I would estimate that, you know, he might get targeted. You know, after after either Tandang or Kalba loses a member or two and we see an obvious winner between those two tribes, I could see someone like Malcolm going home sure. just based on physical threat, whether that's fair or not. So I would stick to I would stick to Denise. I don't even know who I'd pick from the other tribes. Maybe someone like Pete, maybe someone like Jeff. I come don't on. like come just, on. <laughs> Let's If I had to if I had you don't to have someone. <laughs> yeah. No one's no I, one's putting a saying, gun to your head, Josh. <laughs> you don't have to pick any of that. these guys. <laughs> I guess you're right. All right, let's get into best and worst player of the pre-merge. Reminder, anyone who was voted out in the pre-merge is not eligible, so we're just talking about the final 11. Derek, who is your best player of the pre-merge? It's Malcolm. It's either got to be Malcolm or Denise. And I think given his stature and given what happened with Matt Singh and given what happened when he did get to Tan Dang, you wrap it all together. And I mean, he chameleoned about as well as someone like him could ever do. He has the hardware. Everybody loves him. And the, the side that he ended up going to, Tandang, is going into the merge with more numbers, and therefore Malcolm has more opportunities uh, than Denise does. Denise, is it, it's 1A, 1B, so I, I gave you my 1A. I'm going with Denise, and my, my only reasoning, because it's virtually tied, Malcolm got in a showmance, Denise did not. Sure. That's a good point. Even though my winner pick is Denise, I'm going to go actually Malcolm here as my, as my best. Uh, it just seems like, like Derek said, they're super even. I just like the kind of like... The little bit extra, the the topping on the cake, if you will, one after they dissolve to these other these other tribes. I think I think Malcolm has just done a little bit more now that they're separated than Denise. I don't know if I agree because Denise has gone to tribal council twice and still survived. So I don't think I agree with you on that that last part where Malcolm's done a little bit more. He's got the idol. I mean, but... that. Would you? Yeah, would you? That's true. W- would you agree that Malcolm has more options? Yeah, Malcolm's going got into more the merge. Options, yeah, sure. and so that, that's how I'll phrase it because you know he did more in the challenges or his tribe did more. So like, if you're looking at position going into the post merge, which isn't the question. Y- exactly, yeah. I understand. I understand. Uh, how about worst player of the pre merge? I had Abby Maria. There's a, there's a lot of options here. It sounds like RC is probably you know canon up there for yep. pretty bad as well, but. What what I was given and what I know, which is only what they've shown me, I think it has to be Abby Maria. Easy choice, Abby Maria. Hot take, I disagree. Oh boy. I gave it to Scoopin. Okay. Yeah, Abby Maria is, a, like you said, a ticking time bomb, and you have no idea what's going to end up happening. But for some reason, still, where we're, where we're at here going into the merge, people people view Scoopin more negatively somehow just when it comes to like any alliances. So that's why I gave it to him. Yeah, I, and th- I, I will keep this very quick. The reason it had to be Abby Maria for me, I've been keeping track of the who can't win after every episode. We do this for our live seasons, but we don't really track it here. This is how it went. Russell Swan, Lisa Lisa, Abby Maria, Abby Maria, Abby Maria. Yeah. And so I am currently at Abby is only here because she's a goat. You can absolutely, you know, I'll sign off on Scoop and Dishonorable Mention, RC Dishonorable Mention. Yep, yep. Uh, for sure. <laughs> the entire 10 dang tribe except Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Abby, Abby, and scooping for worst player. All right, so let's let's wrap up the pre-merge here. Is there anything else you wanted to guys talk about with the, the pre-merge here? You know, I know that uh, weather report is still coming up, but I'll just say it now. 
it pretty much rained this entire time and everyone was miserable having a bad time. They yep. were cold. The food situation sucked. Um, and there was really no respite or reprieve. You know, they gave out tarps, but tarps only do so, so much, much when it's raining on your head. Dana quit because uh, of it. You know, Dana quit because of the cold. The one challenge they literally couldn't get through because they were super duper tired. Yeah. Puff season. This has been a miserable front half of the season. So I just, you know, there's my weather report. It's there been awful. Anything else before we get into most memorable moment? All right. Mm-hmm. The most memorable moment of the season. This is Josh's time to shine. We're, uh, you know, we're just through the pre-merge, but Josh can speak of what he can remember. Uh, what is the most memorable moment of the season so far? And then we'll compare it to the post-merge next time and see what the true most memorable moment of the season is. But Josh, give us the most memorable moment of the pre-merge. All right. I only got two finalists this time. It is the idol blow up at camp grenade tossed in there by Pete uh, between Abby Maria and RC. <laughs> that was very notable for sure. And then less of like a single moment, but it's kind of just like the dissolving of Matt Singh. Sure. Being the second one. Are, th- are there any other nominations from the crowd? Uh, if you had to pick a specific moment for Matt Singh, for me, it's the loss of that final four uh, when the, sh- or the, the fourth challenge where Russell has this kind of meltdown. That would be the moment for Matt Singh for me, mm. Russell's mental collapse. And just because it was really odd on television, I'll throw out Roxy speaking in tongues on the beach sure. as well, just for uh, something for our viewers to mull over. Uh, Dana quitting is another memorable one. Yep. I think th- my, my pick, though, is Pete's Grenade. I, 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 would, I would agree that Pete's Grenade would be my pick, but this is Josh's thing. So I, w- I will say the whole Matt Singh really stands out the most from the season just because it's... It, it, it feels like the season as a whole is defined by yeah. that, but I am going to go with the whole Pete Idol grenade because it is much more just one specific moment uh, versus, you know, a central <laughs> you know, four so. episode story arc. I did it. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> just just a blow up of uh, Abby, Maria and RC's games. <laughs> Hilarious. Just the Joker and Harley <laughs> Quinn messing with Batman or something. Uh, I don't know, it's man. It's so good. It's so funny. All right, so that is the, the, the pre-merge of the Philippines. Next time we'll be talking about the post-merge, the uh, final 11. We'll see how this goes. I'm very excited to get into this. This is some fun stuff coming up. And one thing I forgot to mention, I do believe I am spoiled on the winner of this season. I should have said that at the top of the podcast. I will not say it here, yep. uh, but I, I am pretty sure I know, we'll I know the winner. We'll, we'll confirm it next time. But just you know, to keep credibility up, I'm pretty sure I know. But I don't know anything else. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know anything about finals. I don't know the order. I don't certainly don't know anything that happened. So I uh, forgot to say that at the top of the podcast. Here you go. It's going to be a fun ride. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CastawayPod. We have a website. We have a TikTok, I think. Yeah, we do. There, there's an Instagram out there. You can even go to a Facebook page with like seven likes on it. Yeah, YouTube, uh, all that fun stuff. Just think, if you if you go like us on Facebook, you'll be probably more than ten percent of our entire. Wow, following. that's exciting. That's what I call influence. Inf- yeah, you could be influencers on influencers. Yes. Yeah, all that fun stuff. And go ahead and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of our Philippines. And, and and anything else you guys want to talk about, you can ask us questions. Who's your winner, Who's pick? Your winner pick? If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. We're always happy to do that. Do you guys have anything else you want to say tonight? Nope. All right. This has been the Castaway Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night. <laughs>